Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Like anything else, if you can analyze what caused your error correctly, then you're, you're home free. But if you just kind of, oh, well, I three-putted, well... Why did you three-putt? There's a big difference between being 50 foot from the hole because you had a terrible iron or three-putting from 15 foot, which would really bother me because then it was a speed issue because you didn't roll it close enough to the hole. Taking you beyond the ropes. I'm not sure what was going on. Angel, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were going to expose me, but I was at Bevmo. Uh, I got a Patron margarita mixer, and I got some kombucha. Theater. Now, I take it that's not all just for tonight. <laughs> Unforgettable stories. Actually, you know, Hogan didn't cut the ball, so when he got rid of the hook and the ball went straight, in Hogan's mind, that was a cut. Times I played with him when he'd say, I kind of fanned that one, I cut that one in there. It didn't cut in my mind, it would have went dead straight. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What's going on, folks? Welcome to the program. Absolute delight to have your company on this Tuesday. Really cool, really special show coming up for us today. We're going to be joined by two friends that have traveled the world playing the game of golf. I'll give you details on both of that in just a moment. Plus, we're going to take a deep dive into the Zozo Championship. Remember, this week, Tiger Woods is defending in the crazy year that has been 2020. It doesn't seem like there's any tournament that Tiger Woods is coming in as the defender of the same, but there'll be a couple in the weeks that lie ahead. So we'll get into some of the details of the field at the Zozo Championship coming up. By the way, thank you to everybody that's sending us in messages, those that are watching us on the television side. Uh, easiest way to do it, to live every day or even on demand, Facebook, YouTube, and everywhere else. Plus on the radio side, on every major audio platform around the globe. We welcome your company during the live show or even if you catch it on demand. But during the live show, messages do come in. So we're hearing from people from all over the world, all over the United States, all over North America, and it's great to hear from you. So I'm super excited to lead the show today with our first guest. Larry Rinker is joining us. Larry played in 525 PGA Tour events. He had 85 top 25s. He had 26 top 10s along his journey. He's one of the world's great short game experts now. His brother Lee and his sister Lori were also pro golfers. He's an accomplished guitarist. He has played with some huge names. We'll talk about that. He's the host of Larry Rinker Golf Live. It airs on Facebook on Thursdays from 7.30 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, He's been at it for a long time, and he just finished writing a book called The Journeyman, that is out and available in time for the holidays and more. Pleasure to welcome Larry back to the Fairways of Life show. What's going on, my friend? Uh, how you doing, Maddie? Thanks for having me on. Absolute delight to have you on the, on the program. So, all right, let me start out, first of all, with this new book, The Journeyman. Uh, the, the big question I would have for you, Larry, is everybody writes a book for some reason. There it is, right, folks? You can see, see a shot of it. We, all, we also have some shots that go along with it, too. Why did you write this book? COVID. If COVID wouldn't have hit, there was no way I would have had the time to do it. 
someone said, hey, you should write a book. I looked at my other two ebooks that I'd written, Rinker's Five Fundamentals and The Upper Course Swing. I sat down thinking, okay, it's time to revise them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have any energy to do it. And then my mom said, you should write a book. So I had this book, The Journeyman, I started 20 years ago. I actually had to search for it on my computer. And when I pulled it up, I think I was in year 1984, 1985, and I just started writing. I remember that movie, Finding Forrester, and Sean Connery saying, just write, just get in there and write. Don't worry about making mistakes. So every day I just started writing and writing and I was, uh, Brandel Chambly helped me contact a great editor, Alan Taze, who you know, he said to say hello. Thanks. And the book really came together. I got some great testimonials from people in the music world and the golf world. And, you know, it really came together. My IT guy, Ray Ortiz, did a great job with the cover photo and, and the formatting of the book. You know, you're an author, you know about all this stuff. So it, it really came together. I'm happy now. We just did a press release yesterday that it's now available in paperback. So great time for the holidays, great time for the Masters next month. And if anybody wants to get it, you can get it on my website, LarryRinker.com. Okay, LarryRinker.com is the website. As to some of those testimonials, we'll give you a little flavor of some of them. Paul Azinger uh, had this to say of it. He says, This is such a killer book. This is a must-read for anyone interested in what it takes to succeed in the cutthroat world of professional sports. I could not put it down. Jim Nance says he may call himself the journeyman, but as everyone will tell you, the joy in life is in the journey, and no one tapped into that joy more than Larry. Uh, Let's see, Vince Gill, a 21-time Grammy Award winner in the Country Music Hall of Fame member as well, said, I've always enjoyed Larry's company, admired his talents both on the golf course and on the bandstand. The Journeyman is a great perspective on life of a tour player. Love ya, Rink. Bob Toski, Stephen Stills, of course, of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Buffalo Springfield amongst uh, those as well that have also given testimonials in the releases that have been sent out. So, I guess the the first question I have for you, Larry, and, and you guys that were watching us on the TV side, you can see the cover there, which is which is beautiful and very well done. When you are writing a book for anybody, it's a cathartic experience. There there are times of joys, there are times of sorrow that are revisited. For you, what were the peaks and what were the valleys of your own life that came to life again as you were writing? Well, the beginning, I I lost a kidney when I was six years old. I almost died. So that would be one of those valleys. So I always, you know, really with that experience. And I was old enough to remember being in the hospital and my lungs collapsing after surgery and almost dying that, uh, you know, I really feel it's a gift life. So I think I've had a perspective my whole life that, you know, we really want to enjoy life, enjoy our friends and family. And so I think that that was a definitely a pivotal moment. And then when I started playing golf, when I started playing guitar, one became my livelihood, one became my leisure pursuit. So that that was a big part. And boy, Matt, there's so many times, you know, you read the book, there's just so many times where my back was against the wall. And one thing could have happened and my whole journey would have been different. I remember a friend said, 
you can never t connect the dots going forward only by looking back can you connect the dots and really see how God was involved the whole way. So it's it's just, uh, you know, interesting. I wish I, my, my goal was to win enough money to play on the Champions Tour. I didn't do that. And now I'm a teacher and I totally enjoy what I get to do. I have two great places I get to teach. So that's been a real highlight of uh, becoming a golf instructor and, and having the phone ring and people contact me and, and being able to go on this journey of helping people with their games. Uh, the My coming out party was probably the 1982 U.S. Open where I was in the final group on Saturday. I shot 67 on Friday, which was the low round of the Open, tied by Lanny Watkins on Sunday. Uh, low points were when I couldn't find my swing, when I was working on my swing. The, you know, the subtitle of the book, and you helped me with this, is how a veteran tour player found his swing after 50 years. So I never gave up trying to figure out how my swing worked and what what are simple things I can do that make my swing work. And then understanding my misses. So that was my journey and finding it at the end and really with right balance, that's the final chapter, finding the right balance which right balance is a system I use where I measure golfers to determine if they're an upper, mid, or low core player. And now I can help people figure out how their natural swing works. And unfortunately, most of the teaching today is teaching a mid-core golf swing, which is basically your average tour player swing. And I did a video this year on my YouTube page about the myth that most, most of us can swing like an average tour player. We can't. So it, it's really about helping you find what works for you. And that was something Bob Toski wrote in my foreword that he and I have the same belief that you can't really fundamentally say, okay, I'm only going to teach this one model to everybody. We have to work with what people have and we have to understand enough that we got to sometimes teach outside the box to help someone. And I kind of, learned about teaching outside the box, working with older people that had knee and hip problems, and then getting to work with the wounded warriors where they had lost limbs. Shoot, you know, you got to really think outside the box to help people like that. And it's it's been great doing that uh, out at Red Sky in the summer times, working with our wounded warriors. But I continue to evolve. I, I really think I'm a life learner. I'm always trying to learn and I'm always trying to get better on guitar. I'm trying to get better in my golf game. I'm trying to get better as a teacher, better as a person. And that's what the journey is all about. You could pick up copies of The Journeyman either at LarryRinker.com in digital or in paperback as well. There'll be plenty of places that you can get it for the holidays. Are they able to get it autographed, Larry? Is that possible? Yes, right now uh, the... The paperbacks, uh, I have them here in my house, so I'm autographing every copy that goes oh, out. Good. So if anybody wants it, and if you if you want to buy some for Christmas gifts, I can autograph to the people and send you the book so that you can give them on Christmas. Larry, this book, The Journeyman, who is it for? Boy, that's a great question. There's... I kept meticulous notes, as my friend Stephen Stills says in the foreword. So I have all my notes from working with Bob Rotella, Dick Coop, Fred Shoemaker. So a tour player that reads this 
there's it's there's a whole psychological book the mental game of golf that that whole perspective of it is in there and then i i think the books also for anybody that's trying to do something trying to get better at something trying to be the best you can be i think anyone that's trying to play professional golf or competitive golf or get to college i mean i talk about my junior golf my college golf days and so a lot of people can really learn from it and just realize that when things happen when you fail you have to pivot and when when you're not successful you got to figure something else out you got to go around down under over what are you going to do to accomplish the goal and then sometimes god closes that door because he has something better for you kind of like when i wanted to play the champions tour so that led me to getting into real estate and then finally getting back into the golf industry and then all of a sudden i became a teacher so i think it's for anybody that loves golf and loves the pga tour there's a lot of history in this book as well about things that happened and how the all exempt tour came to be so a lot of stuff in there when you write a book like this larry of your long journey with the game of golf how much is this book as you noted about history how much is this book about the legends that you've come in contact with whether we're talking about those on the golf course or those in other fields music or otherwise well they're just my experiences of getting to meet them i really believe i met a lot of my musician friends through golf and we had a common bond they love golf and they were musicians i was a golfer and, and loved music so that we had that common bond and they wanted to get better at golf i want to get better at music we wanted to that you know it's funny golf and music are things you can play together with people and enjoy playing with them although in music you better be able to play to a certain level if you want to sit in with bands and and play with great players like i was able i've been able to do throughout my life but you know there's a lot of great stories about uh jack nicholas and arnold palmer and things that happened and getting to sit in with Stephen Stills and going out on the road with him. So I think that the journey, I think it really, it, it just keeps going. And there's, there's just really a, a great story here as far as uh, just never give up. That was what my dad said. He just told us whatever happens, never give up. He used to always say, you know, you, you can't say I can't, you know, can't, can't do anything. He'd say, so uh it's really about just never giving up in life and just keep on keep the journey keep your head forward and just keep going when you write a book about your life's journeys larry rinker larryrinker.com folks but when you write a book about your life's journeys and you see it laid out like that uh, as you put it earlier connecting the dots or perhaps a map is there anything about the journey of discovery now in retrospect that you would change no i wouldn't i i think i'm i've had a blessed life i i had great parents i had great siblings uh, we we grew up in a small town stewart florida so family church golf that's what it was all about for us and then music for me so uh no, I wouldn't change anything, Manny. When you think, let's go generations from now, and they think back to father or grandfather, whoever it was, Larry Rinker, in life, how do you want to be remembered, Larry? 
just remember that I was a good person and I help people. And that's what I'm doing now, teaching golf. You know, Bob Toski used to always say when, when he was playing the game, he was selfish. And if you want to be successful as a professional golfer or anything, you really got to be selfish. You got to dedicate. You got to not go to things. You might miss some of your kids' games. Not, might not be home for special occasions. But now I get to be home. And now I'm helping other people play better golf. And as we all get older, we're seeing people. That, what are we going to do? We're going to play cards. We're going to play golf. Uh, my wife and I started playing pickleball. So, you know, what are you going to do in those golden years? And golf is something that everyone can do. And there's nothing like hitting a ball in the center of the club face, even if the ball's going 20 yards shorter than it used to go. There's still something about hitting a quality golf shot, making a putt, hitting that great chip shot that uh, we all love about this game of golf. All right, LarryRinker.com, again, is where you can get the, the book. Just before I move off the book, uh, and I want to just wet our whistle here. You, you spoke about Arnold Palmer. Can I ask you to give us some type of a pearl, a gem about Arnold Palmer that can be found in the book? Well, I just finished playing at Pebble Beach where I birdied for the last five holes on Sunday to finish second to Mark O'Meara. Mark O'Meara won the first of his five in 1985 it was the last year it was called the Bing Crosby National Pro-Am so now we go to Hawaii and I'm playing a practice round on Tuesday and I notice in front of me is Arnold Palmer he's playing by himself I'm playing by myself he waves me up on the sixth green I join him we play seven eight nine and I say Mr. Palmer are you gonna play the back nine he says I am if you are so that's just the way he was. We played the back nine. We had a little game, and he ended up coming out to hear me play some music with a friend of mine that night. He and Winnie and Ed Say and his wife came out. And at, at the end of that evening, he just said, go win. And, uh, you know, he was just uh, great. And I always enjoyed getting to spend time with Mr. Palmer. Very cool indeed. Thanks for sharing that with us. All right. Now, I want to circle back to something that you referenced earlier. You talked about the golf swing and that there are different types of golf swings within different regions, if you please, of the body in, in terms of how one goes at the golf ball. Could you give us a broad brush description of what you're talking about there, Larry? Well, with right balance, we can measure people. We really don't even need to see how they swing and we can determine if they're a low, mid, or upper core player. The simplest thing to say is the low core player is your Dustin Johnsons. Those are your players with the strongest grip, and they are the players that are going to have their hips the most rotated at impact. Then you look at me, upper core, we're going to stand up, come out of posture. We're not going to have a lot of forward shaft lean, and our hips are not going to be that rotated at impact. And then the mid-core player are all the pretty swings, all the swings we like, whether it's Adam Scott, Ernie Els, Jason Day, Justin Rose. Most of the guys winning on tour are mid-core players. And the problem is I've measured now over 900 people, and 90% of my students have been upper core. We wow. believe two-thirds of all golfers are upper core. So 
Unfortunately, a lot of people are getting the wrong medicine for how they should swing a golf club. So I got it. So upper core players, we stand up, we don't have shaft lean, our hips aren't rotated. So guess what the three things are they want to change? They want us to stay in posture, get more rotated, more forward shaft lean. Well, that leads to the ball going more to the right. And that was my big miss. I'd block it off the world to the right. That's what ended my career. And now I do the dead opposite. I try to keep my back at the target and let the club go past my chest, like Jack Nicholas always talked about. And now I can play golf. I don't have to go hit a bunch of balls. I've got my swing. It works. And like I said, 90% of my students have been upper core. Now I wrote the book on the upper core swing. Yeah. And I had a radio show for six and a half years on Sirius XM. So talked about it a lot. So I've had a lot of people that have read the book or come see me and say, Larry, I know I'm upper core. I'm coming to see you. So my numbers are skewed from national averages. But still, we believe two thirds of all golfers are upper core. And there's other characteristics that go with each swing model. LarryRinker.com, folks, if you want to contact Larry about one of those lessons, either in Florida or out in Colorado as well. Now, Larry, you're also recognized for being one of the short game gurus in the world today. I guess the first question I would have, which I have for everyone that's, that's a great putter, how much of that is truly about technique and approach and how much of that is about a natural gift? Well, I think it's it's about a natural gift, and I think it's really about up here, what you believe. And I, I've worked with players, mini tour players, that there is nothing technically wrong with their stroke, but they're not great putters. And a great skill set is reading greens. And some guys just aren't that great at reading greens. But there's five myths in putting that you putt with your shoulders, you don't use your hands and wrists, you keep the triangle, it's a pendulum stroke or rhythm, and you have to aim perfectly. And that last one, you have to aim perfectly, you know, lines on the putters, lines on the ball, well, that means your natural stroke has to return the putter dead square to where you aimed it. But how about grandpa's gun? I take grandpa's gun out and I shoot it and it, I aim at the target and it shoots high and right. So I learn how to aim a little low left to hit my target. And I really believe a lot of great putters learned how to aim their stroke. Jack Nicholas aims left, pushes his putts. Lee Trevino does the same thing. Stan Utley said, I know my strokes right where I want it when I return the putter face 1.7 degrees open. And then there's some good right aim putters tiger woods brad faxon larry rinker so and i didn't know i was a right aimer until i got measured so i think that's the way a lot of people putt but i think too many people are trying to find a stroke when their natural stroke is right there and i'm trying to help people find their natural stroke and then learn how to control the face distance and this crazy, crazy mind of ours. All right, so I'm going to take you through some great putters, those that, that are identified as great putters, uh, Larry. And if you could watch your screen, 
And as you see this come up, you can tell us about what these particular putters are doing or doing correctly. Let's start, first of all, with Brad Faxon. So those of you watching this on the television screen will see Fax on the screen right now. So, Larry, what do you see here? Well, what I see is freedom. I see someone not trying to technically control his stroke. And then I see great rhythm. I see someone, and he's uh, the face of blast motion, which is another great Christmas gift to get. It tells you how long your backswing takes, forward swing takes. I also like his setup there from face on. He has a little more weight in his left foot than his right. He's got a little bit of forward shaft lean. And then look at his left hand grip. Look at that left thumb straight down the shaft. That is something very important because now the back of the left hand can go right at the hole. But just right, look so at the rhythm of that stroke. It, it's phenomenal. Oh, the rhythm is phenomenal. There's no doubt about that. But let's stay in this theme of rhythm. Next up we have for you, Larry Rinker, Ben Crenshaw, gentle Ben, and that which he is so distinguished by, putting. Well, gentle Ben has a pop stroke, and he opens and closes the putter face a ton. And that's something that people get on Sam Putt Lab, and, and they say, oh, you're opening and closing the putter face too much. Well, I'd wonder what Ben Crenshaw's numbers are. But he almost duck hooks it. I would say he's a right aimer, and he he opens that face. He closes the face going through, and look how quickly it stops going through. But he's transferring a lot of energy. He's using his right arm and hand to release that putter, and your right arm and hand is your feel hand. That's what you're going to feel the distance with. But this man made a ton of putts, and there's also some great rhythm with this stroke as well. But it's natural, and it's totally different than Faxon's stroke. That's for sure. Uh, you know, one time I asked Ben Crenshaw about distance control, and he told me, Larry Rinker, that he actually decels into contact with the golf ball. It, you know, you talk about myths, right? That's, again, something that seems counterintuitive. Well, I, they're 3D experts, and, you know, there's a lot of things we learn in 3D about putting or the golf swing that we certainly don't want to consciously think about but all great putters the peak acceleration happens right before impact so the putter head is actually decelling slightly right in those few milliseconds before we hit it now crenshaw could have done what stan outley talks about his old coach talked about dead weight and letting the putter head kind of just drop on the ball yeah. And so he felt like dead weight, just that putter head's off the ground, so there's some gravity, and just feeling dead weight uh, drop in. And that's why you see Crenshaw's stroke not go very far through. You know, his putter putter definitely goes less than a third through the ball compared to how far back he takes it. I love the artistry. All right, so great champions. Let's take a look at Jack Nicholas Now, the video that we're showing here, again, for those watching is on the television side, this was Jack Nicholas at 80-plus years old making this putt. What do you see from the great Jack Nicholas? Well, I see he's still having a lot of fun making putts. <laughs> but Jack, uh, Jack liked to get his head behind the ball. He, he wanted to see the line, so you see him uh, with his head further behind the ball. Then you see Crenshaw and Faxon. And Jack is a left aimer, so Jack, Jack definitely... That left hand is going at the hole a little more. And, uh, 
you know, he's looking at him with the left arm all the way through there. He's trying to reenact the 16th at the Masters when he won in 73. But, Jack, uh, notice how short the stroke is. Notice, look how short the backstroke is. So there is a, kind of a little bit of a pop stroke there as well. Uh, but what a great pair of hands. Notice how much there's hands. There's not a lot of arms. Notice the shoulders aren't moving much. It's a lot more hands in this stroke. And, you know, that's the thing. That's one of those myths. You don't use your hands and wrist. Well, Jack uses his hands and wrists, and everybody does. All right, Jack Nicholson, 18-time winner of a major championship. Let's go to one who's won 15 majors as well. So obviously the flat stick has worked well for him over the years. Let's look at Tiger Woods, and this is off his Instagram. What do you see? Well, very similar to Jack. Notice how he doesn't go through very far. He's transferring a lot of energy. Look at that stroke. You know, you could almost call that a Brant Snedeker pop stroke, which I prefer. You know, and this is the way guys used to putt in the 60s and early 70s when the greens were slower. You saw Billy Casper and a lot of guys with this kind of a stroke. But, but Tiger has not changed his routine since he was a junior. He's had the same routine. He's a right-handed putter. And Dave Stockton Jr. told me that Tiger felt like if he kind of hooked his putts, that they would roll better on Poanya. So he, he came up with his stroke. He developed his stroke putting Poanya in Southern California. And he felt like a hook stroke, the ball would roll better and roll a little truer for him. So that's how he kind of came up with his stroke. And I love what Tiger says about his putting. He just putts to the picture. And that's what we all want to do. Great putting never comes from technique. It comes from vision. I'll tell you what, the vision that we've gotten from Larry Rinker here today and from over the years of uh, friendship and his own broadcasting and now being one of the great teachers of the game anywhere, it's absolutely amazing. LarryRinker.com is where you can get the information on that, including picking up a copy of his new book called The Journeyman. Larry, great time, my friend. Thank you for your time and for giving us, as always, the wisdom that you do. Well, thank you. And it's out. The journeyman is out and just get it. I'll sign it for you. I'll sign it for your friends if you want to get it as a gift for Christmas. And Maddie, always great to be on your show, my friend. Congrats on this new format and you're worldwide all over the place now. And, and I love your stuff you're doing on Golf Channel as well, my friend. Thank you very much, Larry. It was great to catch up with you, folks. You can catch up with everything that's going on at Ben Hogan Golf by logging on to BenHoganGolf.com. We're going to be heading there tomorrow and doing shows for the end of the week from Ben Hogan Golf. Cannot wait to show you everything new that they are working on, all the cool stuff that lies therein. Ireland.com is where you can go if you want to plan. We will get on the other side of all of this, and it's time to allow yourself to dream. And why not go to that place that's been a bucket list for you forever? Because now we don't know when the expiration date of forever is Ireland.com is all the answers for you. Back with more of the Fairways of Life show after this. We're going to talk a little bit about the Zozo Championship coming up this week. And then we're going to be joined by another veteran tour player. Stay with us. Golf courses in the world defined by soaring dunes, undulating fairways, venerable bunkers, 
and whimsical green complexes. From Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland, site to the 2019 Open Championship, to Ballyliffin, Lahinch and Ballybunion, numbering among the Lynx golf masterpieces awaiting your golfing sojourn. Come home to Ireland and enjoy the most incredible golf experience of your life. Get started at Ireland.com. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana and Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. FootJoy, the number one outerwear brand in golf, is committed to helping you extend the golf season as long as possible this year by providing the best gear to make every day playable. The new Hydro Series line of jackets provides you with the ultimate protection wherever you're teeing it up this season. Whether it's the Hydro Light, the perfect lightweight summer jacket for, say, golf in Florida, Arizona, the Hydro Knit, which protects like a rain jacket but feels like a mid-layer for places like California or the Carolinas, FootJoy has a rain protection to keep you dry and playing through any weather. Also joining the FJ Performance lineup this year is the all-new Hydro Tour rain jacket designed to withstand the most extreme weather conditions. Play more golf this year and get the gear you need to play in those conditions. Visit footjoy.com slash M-E-D-P. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. The best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty, inspiring designs, and refined luxuries. Streamsong Resort, conveniently located in Central Florida, is unlike any golf experience you've ever had. Award-winning courses by Corin Crenshaw, Tom Doak, and Gil Hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in Florida. Awaken your senses then at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamsongResort.com today to plan your golf trip that's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life Show. Pleasure to have your company on this Tuesday. Got another special guest coming up in the program in just a little bit. Larry Rinker was great. He always is. LarryRinker.com is where you can get all the information on everything that Larry talked about from getting a lesson from Larry to picking up a copy of his new book, either physically or digitally, at LarryRinker.com. 
Zozochampionship.com. So Zozo Championship this week, yes, Tiger Woods is defending. I, I don't know why that sounds so odd because it's been such an odd year that when you get past it all and it's back at Sherwood where he won five times when he was playing in his Hero World Challenge, which I don't know if you heard the news that came out in the last 24 hours. Hero will not be held this year in the Bahamas as it has been for the last few years because of COVID-19. They're going to take the year off from bringing together the 18 that they traditionally do. But that doesn't change the past, which means that Tiger has won at Sherwood against a world-class field, albeit a small field, on five prior occasions. It's a small field this week as well with 78 players taking to the golf course, but it is a stout field in terms of those who are playing, which includes obviously a Tiger and includes Justin Rose, Jordan Speed, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, uh, Colin Morikawa, and more. I like the piece. I found this one on uh, PGATour.com credited to Adam Stanley, uh, his, his first look, as he calls it, Zozo Championship at Sherwood. And he writes, 78 players who take on Sherwood Country Club in the Zozo Championship. The tournament is taking a one-year move from Japan to the United States. And it says it's due to logistical issues caused by COVID-19 and the pandemic. So Tiger Woods won his record-tying 82nd PGA Tour title at last year's Zozo, and he will be back to defend against a full field of tour stars who are scheduled to compete, including FedEx Cup champion Dustin Johnson. Now, that piece of news has modified since Adam wrote this. Dustin Johnson will not be there. Uh, his agent said so he's, he's allowed to compete at this point because of his diagnosis that he had of having COVID-19. He's past that, but his agent said that he's just tired and he's trying to manage his energy, obviously, because with the Masters coming up, but he is planning coming back at Houston. So field notes as follows. Woods is teeing up for the first time since missing the cut at the U.S. Open. He won his Hero World Challenge five times at this venue. Hideki Matsuyama leads a robust contingent of golfers from Japan. Sponsor exemptions include past FedEx Cup champions Justin Rose and Jordan Spieth, along with Fleetwood Fowler, Mickelson, and Cody Ara. Other notables that round out the field from the top 60 available in the prior season's FedEx Cup standings include past FedEx Cup win- winners Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy, Young Southern California sensations Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf, who played golf against each other, are making their Zozo Championship debuts. Wolf went to high school just seven miles from the golf course. As to the golf course, the Sherwood Country Club, par 72, 7,006 yards, par in yardage, subject to change, obviously. Sherwood and Jack Nicholas design was the venue for Woods' Hero World Challenge from 2000 through 2013. It also hosted the Shark Shootout. It was a team event that was hosted by Greg Norman back in the day for a decade starting in 1989 and hosted the PGA Tour's PowerShares QQQ Championship as well. Nicholas completed Sherwood in the late 80s. He returned in 2006 to help with uh, ergonomic uh, improvements as well. He built on the River Valley with high surrounding hills, the course is, as they say, a golfing oasis. So the storylines coming in this woods. Woods is searching for his record-breaking 83rd tour victory, and he'll do it obviously at a place that he has had comfort at in the past and success. In the tour's history, five Japanese players have won 11 times on tour. It's led by Matsuyama, 
with five victories at that. Uh, remember, this event has its roots in and foundation in Japan, and the plan is to be back in Japan again in 2021. Woods tied Sam Sneed's record for PGA Tour victories with 82 after topping the field at Zozo Championship, the first tour event held in Japan. It was Woods' first start of the 2019-2020 wraparound season and his first start since he had knee surgery in August. Woods bogeyed the first three holes in Thursday, but birdied nine out of his next 15 to shoot 64 and share the first round lead with Gary Woodland. Play was called Sunday due to darkness, which resulted in uh, Woods having to complete seven holes on Monday morning. He topped Japan's own Hideki Matsuyama by three shots. The country's favorite son birdied three of his Final eight holes to put pressure on Woods, but ended a runner-up to history from Tiger. Rory McIlroy, Sunjay M finished tied for third, six shots back, while 18-hole leader co-leader Woodland finished fifth. So it will be on Golf Channel. We'll have it for you from Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Eastern time, please note. But Thursday starting at 5 p.m. Eastern time, and that will be the start time on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. As for PGA Tour Live, that coverage, again, Eastern, will start at 12.45 p.m. on Thursday. The PGA Tour radio coverage will kick off at 2 p.m. Eastern time, starting on Thursday and running throughout. So quick look at what's going on at the Zozo Championship. When we come back, what we have going on is we're going to be joined by yet another veteran of golf's highest tier, a winner on the PGA Tour and more. That is coming up after these words. Frenchlick.com could be in your future if you want it to be. Go on to the website and you can see everything that they have to offer, including their beautiful and historic hotels, their beautiful and definitely historic golf courses as well, the Pete Dye course and the Donald Ross course. Both of these courses are major championship venues. It is a special place. Check it out at frenchlick.com when you get an opportunity. And touredge.com is where you can take advantage of the opportunity to play some of your best golf because they have something there in their product line for every player. From the best of the best with the EXS Pros all the way down to box sets for people starting out or maybe it's something you need in between like the new Wingman Putter, which has huge MOI. They've got the product that your game needs, and they back it by a lifetime warranty. You cannot ask for more. More of the Fairways of Life show after this. Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. Tourage is proud to announce two new Hot Launch series designed to cover both ends of the game-improvement golf club spectrum. The Hot Launch E521 line is for extreme game improvement featuring the revolutionary Houdini Soul, 
offset head, extremely low center of gravity, and game-changing high MOI, or the Hot Launch C521, competition spec game improvement clubs that are for those looking for a classic look with a full suite of game improvement technology like diamond face and cup face technology, rear sole weighting, acoustic engineering, and an even deeper power channel. Tour Edge and the Hot Launch 521 line, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Log on to touredge.com today. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to boyngolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. FootJoy, the number one outer brand in golf, is committed to helping you extend the golf season as long as possible this year with rain jackets and outerwear for all conditions. New to the FJ Outerwear lineup is the Hydro Tour rain jacket designed to withstand the most extreme weather. Made specifically for golf with a material that is quiet, comfortable, and waterproof, it also features a patented dry seal collar, a double collar that moves the water away from the back of your neck, not down it, no matter how hard the rain is coming down. Play more this year. Play better. Check out the Hydro Tour rain jacket and all the other industry-leading rainwear from FootJoy at footjoy.com slash M-E-D-P. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tee times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. When Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world. That remains our mission today. We forge every club we make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And our craftsmen micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications in our Fort Worth, Texas factory. You'll only find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit us online. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life Show. Pleasure to have your company on this Tuesday. Welcoming you from wherever you're joining us around the United States, North America, or the world. And thank you to all of you who are checking in with us today from places far and wide. Your company is always welcome live and it's always welcome on demand as well. I know the majority of the show seemingly is being consumed now on demand, which I think speaks to the way that consumers are changing how they consume media where they want it, when they want it. I guess that's the reason why places like Netflix and all the rest are becoming so successful because you can watch that movie or that television series anytime you want to instead of just having to wait for it coming out on their schedule. BridgestoneGolf.com has something that you want to see as well. It is where you can get V-Fit. Make sure that the golf ball that you're playing is perfect for your game. V is in video. Get V-Fit 
at BridgestoneGolf.com. There are different tiers. They'll tell you exactly what you need to do so that you know exactly what is right for your game. You're probably already fit for every other aspect of your equipment. Why not be fit for the most important piece at that? BridgestoneGolf.com for more information. Absolutely delighted to be joined by Kirk Triplett on the show this morning. 17 professional wins. In his quiver, three times on the PGA Tour, eight times winning on the PGA Tour champions, including two times in 2019, having a solid start to the season so far. Five top 20 finishes through 12 events, including a tie for fourth a couple weeks ago at the SAS Championship, turned professional in 1985 after graduating from the University of Nevada with a degree in civil engineering. I know, I'm dying to ask the question, has he ever used that in golf? You would think since turning professional, he's played in 706 events across three tours. He's collected 12 victories, 19 runner-up finishes, 18 third-place finishes, a crazy 134 top tens. He's played in 40 major championships. Since heading over to the Champions Tour, he's had a top 10 in at least one major on that tour. Every single year he's been out since 2012. He's also a member of the winning 2000 United States President's Cup team. He went an undefeated 3-0-1, by the way. Uh, he was paired principally with Stuart Sink during that. So absolute delight to once again catch up with Kirk Triplett and find out how he's doing and what's going on in his world. Kirk, how are you? Well, uh, thanks, Matt. I, I'm I'm doing great, except for all these 50-year-olds that have decided to come out and play this Champions Tour. So uh, <laughs> they're uh, they're rocking my world a little bit. So it's in- uh, it's fabulous to have them out there. But wow, yeah, man, it's interesting, really isn't it? That 50 is the young guy in the block now. Yeah, no, it uh, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but uh, you know, it's been. I've been out there. I think I'm working on my ninth season now, and. Uh, it's it's a much shorter career out there than it is on the on the regular tour. So, uh, but it's it's fun to see the guys that you haven't seen in a long time, Phil and KJ and Mike Weir and uh, some of the overseas guys too, Robert Carlson and uh, I played with him actually last weekend and he, he eagled sixteen and double eagled eighteen and I'm like, man, <laughs> this is some game you guys are playing. The Big Easy as well. When when you look at what these guys are doing, when you look at what you have done, is it still, for you, Kirk Triplett, is it still a progression? Is there something that when you go out there practicing or playing that you feel like you can learn every time? Well, I think, uh, yeah, that's that's a, a an interesting question, and it requires you to sort of look at uh, perspective of where you are on the uh, uh, on your golf skill uh uh, graph, you know, you're, you're, you're going up, you're trying to get better for so long. You're doing everything in your power to, to play better golf. And once you kind of hit that crest and you start going down a little bit, you got to figure out, okay, now where are the inefficiencies? So I can work on those to kind of slow that downward progression because, uh, physically you're, you're just going to lose a little bit and you're losing stuff every year to these guys, but you've got to make it up somewhere. Short game, experience, uh, you know, preparation, wh- wh- wherever you can find in your particular game. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I don't hit it the same way even eight years ago. So, you know, I, I, I've got to figure out some 
some other ways to one sort of ignite my interest in trying to continue to play well, but two to, you know, to compete. Well, obviously you're doing it, my friend, because as we just noted in the introduction, you just are coming off a, a top four finish recently on the champs tour. So what have you discovered? What is working for you? Well, um, you know, I had a really nice year last year and, uh, this year has been a little bit, a little bit slower. I was really happy to get that top five finish at, uh, at SAS. And I think for me, a lot of it is the, the mental perspective and not getting too caught up in all oh, Phil's out there playing, Ernie's out here playing, you know, I've got to shoot so much lower. You don't really have to shoot lower, but you have to be able to continue to shoot the same scores you were shooting six or seven years ago. So you know, golf's always been a game of you, you're not playing the other guys, right? You're playing the course. What can I shoot against the course, right? And it's every once in a while that gets really hard to do, right? Like right now on the Champions Tour, that's harder to do than it was a couple of years ago um, because it was guys I'd been playing with for a long, long time, and now it's some, some new guys. So, uh you know, for me, it's still about how can I manage my game around this golf course, you know, so at the end of the week, I can get to that 12 to 15 under, which it usually takes to win a Champions Tour event, regardless of whether it's against, you know, uh, Phil Mickelson or go the other way against a Bernhard Langer or, or Jay Haas, right? So uh, it's it just still, and, and I think this is the same for every golfer, right? It, it's not about the people that you're playing with, or if you're playing competitive golf, it's about you and the course. How are you going to map your way around that golf course to get your best score? Kirk Triplett is our guest, joining us uh, out in California in the wee hours of the morning. How, where is it, Dom, Arizona, he just said in my headset? So Arizona. how is it? Okay, how is life going for you through all of this with the pandemic? And, and how did you and how the family get through it and everything else that's going on? And, and what has been, I guess, in every way, 2020, a volatile year? Yeah, I guess uh, we were fortunate to get, uh, um, we've got a couple older kids that are out of the house and we got them back for some of that time. So we could all kind of go through it together. It's like everybody you just we're never sure how long it's going to last. Never sure if it, you know, if it's ever going to end. I guess we're getting to that point. But uh, you know, I think for us, with respect to the pandemic, it's just all right. Try and find what the real answers are. Not listen to the politicized stuff and just like you know, what's what's the safety things that we need to take care of from our family, right? So at the very first, it was about all right, finding the necessary equipment and supplies, which was difficult, right? So we, you know, did the things we needed to do and we kind of stuck close to home. Uh, fortunately, from pretty early on in Arizona, golf was sort of an allowed kind of thing. You know, you were careful and there wasn't that many right. people out there. So we had a chance to sort of, uh, you know, while away some of our hours uh, outdoor and feel relatively safe. And you know, we did a lot of home projects. Uh, my wife and I have always been into home improvement. We painted the outside of our house. We're pretty busy. Uh, and then one of my sons is a mini tour player. So uh, th those mini tours started back up pretty quick. So he, he kept pretty busy. And uh, then our, you know, the PGA tour started up uh, fairly soon. One of the first sports to get going again. So 
golf, I think, uh, for as far as dealing with the pandemic, golf was a, a really great thing for our family, and I know for a lot of other people as well. It, it's interesting in the social currents that have been 2020, Kirk, too, because golf, as you noted, is surging through all of this. And when I say all of this, I mean, I mean casting that net as wide as possible in terms of that definition. Uh, but you... And I don't know whether the word should be courage. I'll let you define it. I definitely think it had a lot to do with love. That you have stood up and said, you know what? Families can vary in terms of their diversity and who and what they represent. And for for a voice in the world of golf, I thought that that was refreshing. Not that other people are, are repressing it. It's just that there aren't many opportunities for people to come up and stand up and speak to what their heart believes. You did and you have. Could you share with us what your thoughts were there? Well, I think you put that really well because uh, I don't think golf is repressing social justice and racism issues. I think golf just at times, like you said, doesn't have the opportunity uh, to sort of make it known that, uh, you know, this is an important issue for all of us. And uh, I think I saw an opportunity there because of the makeup of my family. Uh, we have a couple of adopted kids. One of them is African-American. Um, we, he got his driver's license a couple years ago, and we're having the talk about what you do when you get stopped by the police. And this was kind of really the first time where, you know, okay, we've told the other kids this, but like, this is really important for you. You got, you got to understand right, that you might end up in a situation through no fault of your own, right, where things are starting to escalate and you have to have the skills to not allow it, you know, to, to calm it down. So uh, I think that was kind of the first time for me where I maybe just got a slight inkling of what people in the African-American community are brought up to deal with every day. And that's been simmering in me for a long time. And with a lot of free time during the pandemic, uh, with the death of George Floyd and, you know, not to n- name a whole bunch of names and talk about individual instances, but it just became pretty quickly obvious to me that, you know, there's some things that really need to be talked about and addressed um, in this country that, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I've known that for a long time, but, uh, you know, I always thought things were just kind of okay. And I, I, I just, my frustration level built enough that I felt like I had to do something or say something. Um, you used the word courage. It didn't take that much courage for me because of the personal connection, um, because of the, even though you don't see that message in the golf world very much, uh, I think people are re- pretty receptive. They're educated. Uh, they're affluent. They're already bent towards a charitable uh, mindset. So much of golf re- revolves around charity and creating opportunity for other people uh, and and sharing that. Um, and I, I knew there would be, you know, uh, backlash isn't the right word. Uh, th- there would be naysayers and stuff, but I also knew it would be from behind closed doors, like on the internet and social media and things like that. You know, my pros to a man have been supportive um, and, uh, I think, uh, it just was the, the right time and the right message for, for me to put out there. You, you know, uh, Kirk, just as an aside, you, you are, 
and I don't mean this in any way to sound insulting, I think it's just opportunity where people haven't had a lot of opportunities to hear you speak on anything, right? Because you're out playing, doing your thing. You're a competitor. But you are so eloquent. You are obviously so intelligent. Then you then you bring insight like this. Have you ever thought about, hopefully years from now when you're ready, have you ever thought about doing any media or any TV stuff when you get done? Uh, I like to play too much. I'm still not ready to think about being, <laughs> being done, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, that that's crossed my mind a little bit. Uh, you know, my number one goal for the past 35 years has to been to shoot the lowest score I could possibly shoot. <laughs> yeah. um, that doesn't mean that you don't think about other things. And uh, you mentioned my degree in civil engineer. I mean, yeah. I'm a curious guy. I, I read a lot. I, 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 I try and follow what's going on in the world. You know, like I said, golf has this huge charitable component to it. So we do get to see some aspects of the world that maybe we wouldn't otherwise see. And um, when you see some of the stuff that's going on and you realize there's resources there, um, I think for me, you know, putting Black Lives Matter on my bag was uh, one, hey, this is about my family. There's issues there that need to be addressed. But it's also a message, I think, for me to the African-American community that there are people that are hearing what you're saying, right? And we don't necessarily know how to uh, agree with you or move forward or w what needs to be done, but we are listening and we are hearing um, because most of the rhetoric they get is, is complete pushback. So um, I guess that was kind of the, the, the reason for my uh, doing it, but uh, whether or not I could uh, make a lifetime out of this kind of stuff I, you know, or a job, uh, I, I, I don't see it right now, but I, I'm too focused on hitting my nine iron on the right side of the green. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you about that civil engineering degree as well, right? You're a civil engineer. Does it, does it just flame up OCD from you when you're on a golf course? You see like bad drainage or, or some other constructional <laughs> engineering project that just shouldn't have been? Um, no, I think I, 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 I do see some of that. I think uh, uh, one of my job offers early out of college was with a golf course uh, designer and do, to do some irrigation work and stuff like that. But I, again, I decided that playing was more important. I, I think for me, you know, golf is a puzzle and it's a, it, it, how do how do you solve the, the, this, the story problem that's out there every day? So that's my engineering background comes into, to that, right? Like what are the inefficiencies? What am I missing? What do I need to get better at? And then, you know, how, do, how do I do it? Right. Just because you, aren't hitting the ball you way you want to hit it doesn't mean you can just grab a bigger bucket and hit more balls. I mean, that's the solution for a lot of us, but you know, is it a technique issue? Is it a mental issue? Is it, you know, uh, it's just strategy issue. So, uh, that, that to me has always been the, the interesting thing that keeps me coming back to playing golf over and over and over is it's the, the things I'm trying to figure out now about golf are different from what I <clears throat> was trying to figure out 10 years ago and different from what it was 20 years ago. So uh, uh, I don't see that ever changing, but you know, my game will get to the point where <clears throat> all the figuring out in the world is not gonna help, so. Let's go back to, you talked about 10 years and 20 years. Mm -hmm. Let, let's go far as far back as you want. 
uh, Kirk, as, you, as you're now in, in your middle 50s years young. What advice, if you could go back to a young tour player that's just starting out in your shoes, what advice would you give to yourself if you could reel the, the years back, say some 40 years or so? Well, I, as I look at the way guys are playing the game now, it's completely different from how I was playing the game. Um, so I think the piece of advice I, I try and give, I have an aspiring player in the house here, 24 years old, played at my son Sam, played at Northwestern, is playing the mini tours, uh, had a nice round yesterday in the Sedona Open. You know, just chasing it, right, is uh, – is, you got to be able to really understand your own game, right? It takes an honest awareness and perception uh, of your of your own game, and it, everything kind of starts with there. And I think you see some players that they can do certain things, but they don't know that they can't do things. Right, that are that are going to be important. Right? Do you have a three-quarter shot where you can control the trajectory? You know, do you understand the strategy aspects of a, a pin in the back? You never take the long club. Right? You play from the middle of the green out. And even though we talk about all this aggressive play, with how far guys are hitting it and and just bomb and gouge or whatever, there's ultimately the aspects that are going to separate those players at the top level is what are you doing from a strategy standpoint? You know, how, how are you playing the game? Right. Uh, Cause otherwise you're just going to have to have everything go well for you uh, for you to have a good tournament. Right. And you, you do that a couple times a year and maybe that's, maybe that's enough, but you know, the great players, the consistent players, you know, Tiger Woods was physically better than, uh, his competition, but mentally just far superior to his competition. That guy, he, you could watch him play and you just think, gosh, this guy's just playing awful. Right. And he, and he somewhere in that back nine, he'd have a chance to win the golf tournament. So uh, I think that's the thing that, that set him apart. I'm not sure everybody's capable of that, but I think you want to understand that those are the skills that, Hey, that's where I can separate myself or, um, you know, challenge these players who maybe physically can do some things that I can't do uh, and and do them better than they can, and that can close the gap. You ever think about the fact, uh, Kirk Triplett, that your career has been a bridge from era to era when you think about it? I mean, when you came out, you still had Arnold Palmer competing. Obviously, you still had Jack Nicholas and Gary Player uh, winning tournaments of, of that generation right up to, as you were just noting, Tiger Woods. I mean, it's an incredible period of time that, that you've played through and the eras and the history of the game that will live forever that you've been able to experience in eyewitness. Well, I think uh, that's a fascinating thing about our sport is you can play it competitively for, you know, I played with Tom Kite a few weeks ago. I mean, he's playing... 50 years basically right you know from 20 to 70 uh and the things that you've seen yes the the changes in uh uh the equipment the technique the courses um it's uh it, it really has been uh um 
a, a fascinating time. And one of the great things about the Champions Tour is when I first got out here and you had some of those greats that you were talking about, Palmer and Nicholas and Player, they, you know, they may not have been competing in the tournaments, but they would come out to the, uh, uh, to some of the events. And because our, our tour is about, uh, you know, talking to the sponsors and doing things together and telling stories. And, you know, our game is just, it has so great stories that are passed on. Uh, from generation to generation, and uh, I, I hope that continues. I I, th I think every generation thinks they might be the last of the great storytellers, but uh, <laughs> I got to believe there's some great Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, you know, uh, 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 Justin Thomas stories that uh, will in 20 or 30 years will become legendary, like the Jack and Arnie stories. So uh, uh, it's just one of the great uh, facets of our game. And uh, not just for the tour player, but, you know, the everyday golfer is still talking about that eight irony hit in 1982, you know. <laughs> True. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, last time you were on with us, uh, Kirk Triplett, I, I talked to you about the, the iconic, in your case, the bucket hat that, that you've been wearing. And now, of course, we see the whether it's a Peter Malnati or Joel Damon, there are more and more players doing the same. Ben Crane for a while. On a serious note, have you heard from anybody uh, like doctors, et cetera, uh, you know, I hope praising you and thanking you for the fact that you're willing to wear a hat like that because of the sun protection and the uptick that there's been in skin cancer, that, that you're actually visually showing people something they can do to help protect themselves? Yeah, not, not specifically to that. I've heard from plenty of people like, hey, where can, you know, where can I get some of those hats? They seem to be difficult to find. Uh, at times, I mean, the story for me is I was playing in Australia and the, uh, the sun is particularly bad down there for, uh, for a number of reasons, but uh, I came back and I'd been wearing a ball cap and saw the dermatologist and he, he said, you, you gotta, you gotta try a little something different here. And my ears were pretty beat up. And so I got, went to ping one day and I was trying these straw hats and they're pretty good, but you, you couldn't really cinch them down in the wind. So. And I'd worn a bucket hat as a kid and um, kind of pawned through. Ping had a big hat room back there with all different kinds of hats. And um, there was one box there. It said, Jim Colbert, do not touch. So I, <laughs> I, I just couldn't resist that. So I dug into that box and I've been wearing those Ping bucket hats ever since. That's awesome. You talked about Ping. Uh, you want to share with us some of your sponsors so we can spread some love for those companies you've associated yourself with? Well, you know, I've played ping golf equipment since the late 1980s. Um, I've been sponsored at times by other companies, but uh, having the factory 20 minutes from my house, and I, I'm, I know all the companies do great work, but uh, just seeing that uh, the family atmosphere and uh, the way they put your clubs together there, you, when you watch that happen, you're like, well, I, I'm, there's no way I could play anything else. So, uh, you know, Plus, from a technology standpoint, being ahead of the curve, um, you know, really haven't played too much other equipment, been a Titleist ball guy for a long, long time. The ball companies have, have come a long way. All technology, we were talking about different things earlier this year or so or earlier in the interview that, uh, you know, the change from the wound ball to the thinner covers than the thicker covers and now the multi-layered balls, uh, it, that to me has really changed the pro game. Uh, it's given that, uh, given the players much more control of the ball, 
and allowing them to hit the ball farther. I think that's uh, been a big difference, and Titleist was a big big player and still is in that. So, uh, um, yeah, the, those two companies, I think that, that's sort of another thing that gives you a little clue into my longevity is uh, when I find something I like, I, I stick with it. Uh, I try not to reinvent the wheel one thing that I trust, and I certainly trust Ping, and I certainly trust Titleist, and uh, I'm sure I'll continue to do so through the rest of my career. Well, long may that career last, my friend. We appreciate the time that you've spent with us and, and the insights and the stories that you have shared. It's, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. We thank you for getting up early on top of everything else, too, and wish you the very best moving forward. All right. I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Good to see you again. It was Kirk Triplett joining us. And folks, I want to thank all of you for joining us on this Tuesday as well. Busy week coming up. We've got one more day inside of our comfy confines of the Fairways of Life studio. And then we hit the road. This week we'll be down in Fort Worth, Texas and immersing ourselves in all things Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan Golf, our trip that we take a couple of times a year down there to see one of our longtime sponsors and just have a great time. Not only hearing about the man himself, but also really getting into the equipment that they have that is so special. Uh, BenHoganGolf.com if you want to get a preview of some of the things that we'll be looking at. Until then, you guys have a great Tuesday. When we join you again, Tiger Woods will be on the program. He's addressing the media today, and we'll have that full press conference for you bright and early tomorrow morning from wherever you are joining us. Bye for now.